Hi everyone, this week of Illuminatics, we will discuss whether the ANC government's plan for our economy will work and reveal solutions that will fix South Africa's economy. So stay tuned because we're going to have a good show ahead. Hi everyone, welcome to Freedom Fanatics. This is a production of the Freedom Education Network. And my name is Sholin, and this week I'm joined by Peke Mashlobo, who is an analyst at the Center for Risk Analysis. Welcome back to the show, Peke. Um, how are you doing, sir? How's it, Sholin? Uh, thanks for having me on. I'm doing well on yourself, man. I'm good, Peke. I can't complain. As always, it's good yeah, to have you on the show. Um, so, Peke, we can get straight into our discussion um, for today. Um, so right. last week, South Africa's new finance minister, Ina Kudangwana, I hope I pronounced his name right, um, appeared in parliament and he presented his first medium-term budget policy statement. And this sounds rather intense and fancy, but I think we can first start by breaking down um, what the medium-term budget policy statement is. So, Big, yeah. what exactly is the medium-term budget policy statement? Yeah, so the medium-term budget policy is basically an update from the February budget, uh, looking at the current state of the fiscus, such things such as government, government revenue, government expenditure. And as much as it is referred to government revenue and government expenditure, all it really comes down to, Sholin, is the people's finances. This is not necessarily the government's funds. This is the tax-paying South African uh, funds, uh, which the government collects uh, through revenue collection uh, uh, and so forth. So what it is, is essentially portraying the state of the South African people's finances and states where exactly it will be uh, uh, spent on. And it, it particularly impacts the average South African in terms of allocation of expenditure, in terms of education, healthcare, policing, and so forth. Okay, yeah, that's, that's a good breakdown for it. And as you say, that it's essentially an update for us on, you know, yep. government expenditure and so forth. What does this speech that we heard last week by the finance minister reveal about the direction of our economy and things yep. like ESCOM and social grants? Is, should we be concerned about the state of things or is there a reason to be hopeful? Uh, we should be very concerned there, Sherlin. Uh, just going through some of the headline numbers when you're looking at government expenditure, still far higher than that of government revenue. Uh, Chitambuwene described it as the crocodile's mouth, where you have expenditure far outreaching government revenue. Now, sure. the difference between expenditure and revenue is the budget deficit, which is projected to be about negative 8% for this year. That's about three times bigger than the economic growth level of, of the country. The consequence of that we have is that we accumulate large uh, uh, amounts of debt as to the deficit would need to be financed by means of borrowing. Uh, current debt levels are projected up to be about 69% as a proportion of GDP. That has been revised lower due to the rebasing of GDP by stats SA. But if you look at the trend line, Sherlin, the trend line is going up, which is a major point of concern for ordinary South Africans. As 
when you accumulate large amounts of debt, it has the same effect as it would have on a household. Uh, banks would see you as a high risk and will charge you a higher interest rate. And that's the same thing with government. Government is being charged a higher percentage of return for this uh, huge amounts of debt, which leads to debt servicing costs to be extremely high. Debt servicing costs, they're currently sitting at about 270 billion. And in about two years, they'll be at about, they're projected to reach 350 billion. That's a massive showing. In fact, that's close to what we spend on education at 360 billion. And the consequence of that surely is that it takes away funds from more important things, such as that of healthcare, such as that of policing, as we're already seeing that we have an incapable police uh, uh, police department here in South Africa, as well as that of uh, law and order. So uh, it is truly concerning. And what I saw from last week's uh, statement is that the finance minister is unwilling to address the core issues of the country. If you look at GDP forecast, for example, is that GDP forecast is projected to be about 5.1% this year. That's largely due to the low base of last year. But for the next three years, it's projected to be about 1.7%. That's extremely low when you compare GDP for uh, growth rates of emerging markets at 5%. So they're, they're telling you right there, that Sherlin, that they're unwilling to address the core issues that affect the average South African that would uh, lead to uh, increasing living standards in the country. They're unwilling to implement the reforms that would see the privatization of, for example, the electricity grid, uh, the selling off of, of SOEs, as well as increasing employment levels in the country. Sure. And that's quite, that's quite important to note there, that they are completely aware of you know, why it would take for these circumstances to improve. And my yeah. issue kind of is that, you know, when um, we saw in 2019, if I remember correctly, when um, the Ramaphosa administration, you know, basically came in, uh, came into power and we were made to believe that, you know, the reforms are coming. The new yeah. dawn is arriving. But yeah. do you really think that they have the ability or political capital, whatever you'd like to call it, to make reforms that actually will improve our economy because we know that it is possible, as we saw during the Mbeki era and Mandela yeah. era, do yeah. they have the ability to make the necessary reforms? No, they don't. They do not have the political will to implement the necessary reforms. And they also lack in their way of thinking to implement those uh, reforms. As you mentioned earlier on in terms of social grants, the finance minister mentioned there's about 28, 27.8 million people that are on social grants. Uh, the other side of that coin is that there are about 15 million South Africans that are employed. And that's down by 1.7 uh, from, from 2019, largely due to the lockdown. That destroyed about 10 years worth of employment in the country. And that's because in those 10 years, we've followed hostile policies that's, that has been detrimental to the South African economy uh, and that have led to stagnating employment levels in the country. So there's no new dawn there, Sean. Uh, in fact, one of the, po the policies that Cyril has been following have been actually been detrimental to the South African economy. When you're looking at expropriation of property of our compensation, uh, when you're looking at a labor market regulation that has inhibited young people from upskilling themselves in the employment sector, when you're looking at the education standard where about 5% of matriculants only pass mathematics with a 50% mark and higher, which is far lower than the reported pass, matric pass mark rate of about 75%. So he has absolutely nothing to show 
And not only that, but his administration does not have the, capit uh, the political will to implement reforms uh, that would see South Africa actually grow at substantial uh, growth levels. Yeah, that's something I also need to note. During the um, speech that he actually gave, he, he, there was like this big hype about like his reference to saying that, you know, state-owned enterprises like Eskom, Denal, Prasa, SAA will be experiencing some tough love. As he, as, he, as he specifically stated in his um, speech. And it was, you know, it was it, it generated some applause um, in Parliament. But my question is, will it really, um, you know, come into reality? Even though he says that we will no longer bail out these guys um, depending on certain circumstances because they are not, you know, up to performance. They aren't performing. But I'm like, you guys have had multiple years, like, to actually, you know, implement this tough love but you guys are yeah. not doing it. And Becky, in one of our um, fan articles, which was actually written by Arma Tourist, uh, he's typing four realistic ideas that will make SA better immediately. He highlights in this, um, in this article, you know, that South Africa as a country, we are experiencing high levels of unemployment. We, are, we have power cuts, a.k.a. rolling blackouts. Just yesterday, I saw on um, Newsroom Africa where there were... The government is actually giving a briefing on water supply interruptions. So we'll actually be starting to experience water, water shedding. <laughs> and we experience crime. And all these things literally cripple our economy. It makes an hostile environment for people to invest, start the business, and to actually employ people. And Becky, my question to you is, if you were appointed as finance minister today, which in my opinion should take place, Asa, <laughs> because I think you would do a much better job than uh, Enoch, but yeah, what would be the first three actions you take as the finance minister to turn around South Africa's economic circumstances? Yeah, so you touched on uh, the fact that the finance minister stated that SOEs will receive tough love. Uh, that that love is not tough enough because they will still receive money to essentially service their debt. So they're still going to receive money. It's just that they're not, they, he claims that they will not receive new money. Now, that will stand to be the case in the February budget as to whether will he cave towards his cabinet ministers that will try to pressure him to bail out uh, SOEs like ESCOM. So if, if I was the finance minister, I would sta uh, simply state that we cannot afford to keep continually bailing out these SOEs and that they should be privatized. Indeed, they should. I'd also mention the fact that we have high youth unemployment levels sitting at about 75% and that labor deregulations needs to be uh, looked at. We need to completely scrap uh, uh, labor law such as the minimum wage, which acts as a barrier towards younger uh, individuals in the country. Another thing I would have a look at, which is actually very important as well, is electricity generation. You know, the, a lot of these cabinet ministers agree that there's a decline in the generation capacity in the country, but they're simply unwilling to involve the private sector unless they're faced with extreme pressure. So what I would do is simply state that we cannot go on with the way in which ESCOM is being currently run, with catered deployment, with BEE, with corruption, which is a symptom of the flawed way of thinking of the ANC. So what I would say is that SOEs should be privatized and the grid should be uh, privatized as well. Another thing I would warn, I would completely say this with utmost emphasis, if I was the finance minister, is the threats yeah. of expropriation of property in the country. Not only in the country, and as well as that would negatively impact the average South African as well as businesses, but as well as the fiscus. 
it also negatively impacts the fiscus when you uh, when you see a decline in investment levels when you would see businesses that would stop to invest and uh, expand their operations due to this threat that their property could be expropriated therefore they do not hire more people that negatively impacts the fiscus when you look at tax revenue collection when you don't have a lot of more people employed you cannot collect more tax revenue so it directly impacts them in a negative light so those are the policies I would particularly touch on there. Yeah, nah, brilliant, Becky. And Ramaphosa, um, Enoch, if you guys are listening, the solutions are here. You give my man Becky a call ASAP, please. Um, because I can't think it does need fixing, and the solutions for it do exist. And as you say, it's all it will take was the political world to fix our, our economic circumstances. And yeah. guys, Becky, thank you for your insight. And we've reached the end of this episode. It was as enlightening as always, Becky. Thanks for making the time. And to our viewers, don't forget to catch us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, YouTube, and IGTV. And if you want to join FAN and support our fight for freedom, you can sign up at freedomadvocacy.net. And remember, guys, that your freedom is worth fighting for.